Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of May 2013. I always start off by advising any newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find on the site lots of uh, other sites listed. These are the official sites I have. They all carry uh, audios for a free download where I go through the system, the history of the foundations, organizations that sprung up 100 years ago with intention of bringing in their version of a new world order, a planned new world order, where eventually science would dictate uh, what we'd work at, um, and if, if you'd even be born, if they would even need you, all of that kind of stuff. Eugenics is a big part of it too. And the boys who set it up were the, the top international bankers of their time. They believed they were the most evolved of their kind. They had special arrangements for marriage and genealogies and so on, and they realized that they were at the top of the tree. They believed in the Darwinian theory of evolution and survival of the fittest, and they decided a long time ago that they were the fittest to do it. So rather than let the world go willy-nilly, where people did what they wanted to do, they would bring in a, 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 a scientific technique of controlling the public and bring up lots of government uh, agencies to regulate our behavior, to regulate what we do from birth to death, and it's all happening as we live. They also had their, their think tanks, thousands of think tanks, uh, working on every facet of societal change, including all the cultural cultural changes it have to do in various countries in the West. Taylor made them to each country to bring them down until the, to they could basically destroy the cultures in order to get a global society through mass immigration, destroy the old cultures, especially the ones that gave them the, the bankers trouble in the past, and they had, would have no problems controlling all the other countries that they were bringing in. Very simple. And it's well documented by their own uh, groups, in fact, and their own historians, because the biggest group is the Royal Institute for International Affairs, private organization, and it comes from foreign relations. They work with Rockefeller Foundation, Ford Foundation, Carnegie Foundation, all the big foundations who work together. And they front many other uh, non-governmental organizations, thousands of them across the world, that simply lobby government to get the proper laws passed, you see. So help yourself to that and understand why everything's happening now. This is the century of change, the 21st century. Academia was calling it that for the last half century, that the 21st century would be the century where they'd accomplish all their goals and make it happen. So you're in for rapid, rapid change now. And that's why things are happening. Standardizing the world, uh, bombing all those countries that uh, have different customs, uh, who don't have their central banks belonging to the private bankers of the world, and who won't go along with the UN agendas and so on. Uh, They're being eradicated right now, not many to go at the moment. And uh, we're all thought this just happening by bad men, of course, we must get rid of. Member two, as I said, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can help me take along by getting the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com while I go through the histories of these organizations and how from the earliest times the science of managing masses of people has been known for a long, long time. Very, very well done, in fact, uh, as as far as um, the sciences go. 
intricate sciences. Today it's much easier with instant communication and all the big foundations work with each other instantly in real time and make minute adjustments even daily when they see that something's not going quite right, some agenda, some people are not falling for the next news story and being on board with where they're going. So they have to do minor adjustments to get your mind all on board with it all. Very, very simple. So if you buy the books and discs, as I say, it keeps me ticking along. You could, uh, from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders, use PayPal or send cash. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal, straight donations are seriously, seriously welcome as we go through the planned uh, devaluation of our currencies, which they call inflation. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and I've talked many, many times about how we are controlled and how our minds are controlled, how our thoughts are controlled. People don't even think they're being controlled, that's a great part of it because they get most of their downloading via the TV and through uh, fiction and movies because that's where you, you get emotion in with the actual picture that you want embedded in their brain, imprinted you might say. And so they attach dramas with scenes of violence against one or the other. It can be the absolute wrong way around, but it doesn't matter. Uh, whatever is the agenda is the agenda, and that sticks in folks' minds. And uh, and but do the same with many, many other topics too. That's where you get your political correctness from, from as well, where you find out who bad folk are and who good folk are. And people always want to join the herd, be part of the herd, be sociable. It's an instinct. And so you're, you're taught very quickly uh, what's, what's right and what's wrong, you see. Even though it can be completely 180 degrees from what was right and wrong a few years ago, or even yesterday for, for that matter. Very, very easy to do. And people do all the time en masse because they'll want to say and be the same things and be allowed into the same circles and not be out. So it's rather sad, you know, we're so well understood, so incredibly, incredibly well understood. And uh, Bernays talked about this. The, one of the guys, as I said, who uh, was, uh, he was a nephew of Freud, and he didn't learn his stuff from Freud, all that nonsense. He read his, his uncle's book. Uh, it was far beyond even that, because this was into stuff. But they were already, certain groups of uh, around Freud were already into mass marketing techniques, uh, political viewpoints, things like that. And uh, Bernays got it from much, much older folk than that. So it says here, this is what it says, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they're to live together as a smooth functioning society. Whether in politics, business, social conduct, or ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. They are the true ruling power of the country, and they will pull the wires which control the public mind. And that was written a long, long time ago. And it's gone, it's actually much more improved since even he was in the business. But this man, Bernays, remember, even got the, the U.S. to go to war with a Latin American country uh, to save a client that he has uh, that was a big fruit uh, grower. And um, and because uh, he took money from advertisers and clients. And uh, he actually did seek out the president to declare war on this country, saying it was taken over by communism, which it wasn't at all. 
This is the power of characters like this. And he worked with lots and lots of presidents, uh, and even in First World War, how to get America into the war by using innate processes to understand that it's happening to you. But he uses it, the techniques on the individual, so they go off to war. And he actually wrote a book about it afterwards, how they conned the public. This is how the gall of these guys. It's quite something. But it works all the time, and you're, you're getting nothing today, nothing from any media that's coming out without going through public relations organizations, which is what he called propaganda. And propaganda is a particular bias and spin on something that you want the public to believe. Now, we're living in an age today where it's all run that way. And as we live in this, this age too, we're constantly told whatever country you happen to be in, it's the best in the world. They always tell their citizens that. And they always eradicate the history, especially when new regimes come in. Even if they come in through the same system, like America was taken over a long time ago by another group that came in, became the new dominant minority. And they, they will continue using the same symbols and doing it so slickly the folk won't notice the change. They'll still worship the same symbols. They'll still go off to wars when they're told to, using the same techniques and things like that. But they haven't a clue what's actually happening. It's just absolutely fantastic to see how it works. So easily on people. There's nothing really you cannot do with people. Nothing. Uh, unless they really have their, their senses about them, and very few folk do. You've been taught through your schooling system and your indoctrination uh, to list, always listen to experts, the guys at the top that are somehow more holy than you, and who obviously come out of special wombs. And they're the guys who are recognized by all the other elites. So if elites recognize them, they're a top expert, you see. So you must recognize them, too, as being superior to you. So they give you your opinions, and you accept them. And even opinions to do with going off and slaughtering other peoples across the world you've never heard of before, they'll give you the reasons why they're doing it. Very simplistic. They always say propaganda must remain simplistic. That's why it's so full of holes when you question uh, why they're going off to war. There's, they have so many holes in their stories, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because facts don't matter anymore. It's symbols that matter. Like the Twin Towers coming down, that's symbology at work. And they use a form of psychic driving, showing the same thing over and over and over and over again. All worked out in advance, of course, to do it so well. Now, we're living through a time of corruption to mass corruption, which has to happen as they do away with the old. See, understand a new culture will always bring their culture onto you and destroy your, your own culture as they bring you down into the dregs of society. Once they have done that, they're totally conquered, and that gives them more power for their own kind at the top. But here's an article here about the cons of uh, children's aid and so on, the amount of money that they get for the children that they get, but they're also putting children in prison systems. And I touched on this when it happened, and this guy's now been sentenced. This is an American judge uh, known for his harsh and autocratic courtroom manner was jailed for 28 years for conspiring with private prisons to hand young offenders maximum sentences in return for kickbacks amounting to millions of dollars. This is standard fare, folks. This is Mike uh, Ciavarella uh, Jr. was ordered to pay $1.2 million in restitution after he was found to be a figurehead in the conspiracy that saw thousands of children unjustly punished in the name of profit in the case that became known as Kids for Cash. 
the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has overturned some 4,000 convictions issued by the former Luzerne County judge between 2003 and 2008, claiming he violated the constitutional rights of the juveniles, including the right to legal counsel and the right to intelligently enter a plea. Siavarelli Jr., 61, was tried and convicted of racketeering charges earlier this year, but his lawyers had asked for a reasonable sentence, claiming he'd already been punished enough. It's high status being a judge, you see. That's what they do with these guys. But it's one of their own boys, you see, in, in the club and the right Masonic Lodge and so on, and maybe the right religion too. Uh, they, they, he's, he's suffered enough, the shame is enough, you know. What about all the, all the thousands he put into these homes with, with records forever, you know, records for life? So the federal prosecutors accused Siavarelli Jr. and a second judge, Michael Conahan, of taking more than $2 million in bribes from the builder of the PA Child Care and Western PA Child Care Detention Centers and extorting hundreds of thousands of dollars from the facility's co-owner. Siavarelli Jr. filled the, heads, the beds of the private prisons with children as young as 10 years old, many of them first-time offenders convicted in minor crimes. So that's what you got now, you see, as we go to the dogs, because the culture is gone, what was right and wrong is gone, and that's what you get in moral relativity, and uh, the fields, it's an open playing field for crooks today, right up the top, the very top of governments. If anything at all, it's all from the top down now, that's where corruption will use. Also too, I think we've all heard about Israel attacking uh, Syria, which shouldn't shock anybody, because I mean, remember before the PNAC, if you've got the PNAC articles, a project for New American Century written by the neocons, which have a particular interest in Israel, and they wrote a list out, twice they wrote it out, about the countries they'd take out around Israel, and it coincided exactly with the ones released by uh, the Israel government too, the countries they wanted taken out, and of course Syria was also on the list after Iraq. In fact, uh, Israel at the time uh, told the U.S. not to stop with Iraq, but to go right on into Syria then. But they didn't. So now they're starting all over again to get it all finished. But it says, in the wake of the U.S.-Israeli attack on Syria, the United Nations reveals terrorists, not government, used sarin gas. And, and the U.N. has backed that up, and, and other countries have backed it up. The so-called red line both drawn and crossed by the U.S.-Saudi-Israel axis and their terrorist proxies. Since the reasoning behind the, U- the recent U.S.-Israeli attacks on Syria has been undermining uh, for- further, as the U.N. reveals, Western-backed terrorists, not the Syrian government, deployed sarin gas during the two-year conflict, the Reuters reported in their articles. So the U.N. has testimony that Syrian rebels used the sarin gas, and the investigators said. And the U.N. Uh, human rights investigators have gathered testimony from casualties of Syria's civil war and medical staff indicating that rebel forces have used the, the nerve agent Saren, one of the lead investigators said Sunday. Now, the thing is, where did they get it from? They're all saying, well, who, who do you think they got it from? Who, who is working with the rebels? Who has been funding the rebels? I've put an article tonight, two Obama sending more armaments to the rebels. But they, who else could, could, could maybe Israel give them the gas? Who knows? They certainly didn't make it themselves. And then another one too, it says, um, Israeli strikes on Syria's coordinated with the terrorists from the BBC. 
And it says the Israeli strikes on Syrian army targets show coordination with terrorists, including Al-Qaeda-linked militants, the Syrian foreign ministry has said. The strikes had led to a number of casualties and widespread damage, they reported in a letter sent to the United Nations. State media said a research centre and other sites had been hit overnight. Israel's sources said weapons bound for Hezbollah in London were the target. They were, about, they were bombing food supply places that turned out the food for the people. That's what they bombed because it's up on the internet. So it's a strike that second in two days drew condemnation from the Arab League and Syria's government refers to rebels fighting against it as terrorists. On Friday, Israeli aircraft hit a shipment of missiles near the Lebanon border, according to unnamed U.S. and Israeli officials. Well, I wouldn't accept that one at all. And uh, Israel has consistently said it does not want to get involved in neighboring Syria's bloody civil war. No, they want the U.S. to do it all for them. It says, but that, is, that will act to stop anti-aircraft rockets and chemical weapons falling at the hands of extreme groups that threaten its national security. Well, who gave the rebels, their pals, the gas, eh? Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about, of course, Israel. Uh, in bed with uh, the so-called uh, arch enemies of everybody, the Al-Qaeda, the terrorists. It just shows you the joke of it all, isn't it? How it's all a farce. And uh, how they're bombing Syria and so on. It's another one, too, from Veterans Today. It says, Israeli airstrike on Syria. War is an era of uncertainty. Three-quarters of the things on which all action in war is based are lying in a fog of uncertainty. And that was said by Carl von Clausewitz, it says. But it goes through how it's hard to get the truth out of anything or even the facts of any kind at all in the fog of war, as I like to call it, meaning when you have media collusion, you say nothing at all or very little. So the, the, the guy, the reporter, goes into uh, articles he got from, from uh, Israeli papers, which admit to also, I'll put that up tonight too. And also Russia, China express alarm over Israeli airstrikes in Syria, and Israel denies it is attempting to help the rebels in battle against President Assad. That's the standard Israel, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. And uh, I'll put that up too for those that can stomach it. And... Um, Again, to living in the age of it too, we know there's massive uh, plans, massive plans for the ultra, ultra rich to become ultra, 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 ultra rich, you see, which they really are doing at an incredible rate is, is, is a smaller concentration of elitists get more and more cash in their pockets as they really consolidate their power across the planet. But anyway, it says, and the whole, the green agenda, of course, is all part of that too. But it says, baffled German government concedes global warming has stopped and warming pause is remarkable, it says, unexpected. So they're admitting now that the warming has sort of stopped. It's been stopped for years, actually. Mind you, the spraying's been going on like crazy too, still is today. And folk are getting pretty sick from it, as always. But they won't, they won't even admit they're doing it, even though there's, there's billions of, of videos up about it. And with all the geoengineering guys putting their spiels out, every, would love to do it, would love to do it, but they're not really doing it, right? Are you going to believe your lying eyes or what? So, that's, that's happening, of course. We, we live in, understand we're living at the bottom level of reality. Getting back to that statement by Bernays at the top, they give us reality you now. 
Also, the billionaire Bill Gates was a major bondholder and bailed out Irish banks, it says. He held $34.6 million in bonds at the end of 2006. And that's why he goes into his stuff that's guaranteed always to get bailed out if they go under. They don't let these boys go under on anything, you understand? They're too important. And also, this Article 2 is, uh, I'm putting this up before, but my pip again, it says, um, it's to do with the borderless economy. And uh, it's, uh, it says, Immigration Strategy for the Borderless Economy for the Global Conference 2013. And it's worth paddling your way through this stuff. It's quite fascinating to see. It says, few issues have been more contentious in the U.S. and for a longer time than immigration. Comprehensive reform appears to be getting close. On one hand, the nation's sizable Latino population is making its presence felt in the economy and the voting booth. That's part of the reason they brought so many of them in. Neither party can afford to enter the next election cycle without addressing immigration. On the other hand, that's what the techniques they used in Britain too. The Labour, the Labour Party used in Britain until, until now the migrants are in the majority, really. It says on, on the other, foreigners uh, fill crucial gaps in human capital. That's what we're called human capital in that way. The corporate sector wants wider access to the high-skilled global workforce. Moreover, universities are, tra- are training scientists and engineers who are forced to leave the country because of their immigration status. Uh, no, they're, they're, what is he talking about? The states, the states training folk uh, is because there's, there's no factories left in the states to put them in the engineers and so on. This is our panel of leaders will discuss how policy must evolve to serve the country and the issues many stakeholders. Now, the guys who run this are total globalists, so it's not to solve the Americans' problems, it's to get more immigrants into America, if you really read through all the documentation they put out. And to show you how wonderful it is when, when, when mass immigration happens, and if it's happened in Britain for a long time, Tony Blair said they'd eradicate the British culture forever. That's pretty well done. And it says, it says which poll says many borrowing money for food, it says, one in five UK households borrowed money or used savings to cover food costs in April, which survey says. It suggests the equivalent of five million households use credit cards, overdrafts or save savings to buy food. The consumer group tracks the spending habits and behaviours of 2,000 people every month. It says that the boss, which boss, is the name of the company which uh, Richard Lloyd described the findings as shocking. The government says tax and benefit changes meant to working households were now better off. See, you're back in la-la land, aren't you? Where, here's the facts, but don't, no power the facts. They're better off than they've ever been. It's like Israel's saying they're not helping the rebels. Same thing. Same technique. Throws everyone off kilter. Most folk can't think past that. It really does knock them off kilter. And they just stop, stop thinking about it. China arrests 900 in a fake meat scandal. So it seems like fake meat's going on all over the place, isn't it? You got horse and that in Britain, which isn't bad, by the way. It's better than a lot of the junk you get in Canada today. You don't, I mean, in Canada, everything tastes like, you don't know if it's what it's that you're eating, actually, what kind of meat it is. Because you see, monopolies control the game now. And they're putting rubbish in everything. And getting massive profits from it. This is a time of unlimited profits. Any way that you can, as they plunder the planet. And also, this one here is squaring the circle. It's called the Millennium Development Goals, post-2015. The UN's Millennium Development Goals, that's part of Agenda 21, like they call it Millennium Development Goals and Sustainable Development, are a set of eight targets established by the UN in the year 2000 
to mobilise national collective efforts on critical developments. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix talking about the Centre for International Governance Innovation, which used to be, I think, the CFR Department for the Canada, also called Canadian Institute for International Affairs. And George Soros is involved in it, and of course you find as well that George Soros is also the head of of the the European Institute for International Affairs. All the top politicians are in that too. Now to understand the relationship of international affairs runs every country now. This private organization runs every country. They even put you at the guys in for you to vote for. They're members of them. Have been for a hundred years. So I'll put this up tonight too, because they're into global governance, you see, and promoting that. And they're in your government as well, members of them with their own agendas. See, there's a conflict there to start with, but of course that's never mentioned by anybody. Because most of them are members of it, that's why. And the European Central Bank cuts its interest rate to a record low 0.5% in desperate measure to drag the Eurozone out of depression. I'll put that up. They could say a recession. It's a depression. There's country after country falling apart. And Slovenia, in fact, has just been uh, downgraded by Moody's. So they're the next one, next one to have uh, 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 incredible interest rates and anything to borrow now. That's what happens when you, when you get downgraded. It makes the big bankers awfully happy because they can jack up their interest rates because you're a bad risk, you see. Also, too, there's a CBC television documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but it's called End of Men. And it's got a promo online that you can see, apparently. It says, in the past 100 years, the idealized archetypes of masculinity have been largely unchanged. What manliness is, what manhood is, what a man is, have been remarkably constant. Men are rugged individuals. They're resilient, brave, loyal. Uh, Running like a spine through these images of manhood is one defining theme. A man is a provider and protector of his family. And it's a sort of gloating article on how it's all changed. It says, not too different distant past, most men had a sense of certainty that they could fulfill those roles and so on. They were confident about uh, who they were and where they belonged. But for many men, the economic crisis that began in 2008 meant that fulfilling those masculine roles was suddenly a lot harder. Between 2007 and 2010, the U.S. lost 8.2 million jobs. 80% of these jobs belonged to men. In 2008, the share of men in the U.S. with a full-time job fell to 69%, its lowest point ever. Economists believe that most of these jobs are gone for good and because structural changes in the economy mean that working-age men are now facing years of unemployment rates far above the historical norm, particularly hard-hit or middle-class men who are, for the first time, being exposed to the worst ravages of a severe economic downturn. They love downturns and recessions, not depression. It's a planned depression, folks. So I'll put this article up. But the transforming world and all this kind of stuff, so I think it's out of your control because you have nothing to do with it. It's all done by, like the last article I read, you know, international governance and stuff like that, that we don't get to vote on. In fact, most of the folk don't even know these organizations exist working with your governments to internationalize everything. So I'll put that up too. And um, also, there's a family launch of flu vax lawsuit, it says, 
The maker of a defective flu shot left a Perth girl with brain damage, knew before its release that it was a high risk it may cause fevers in children, and lawyers for the girl and her family have claimed while launching a potentially massive lawsuit. And it's, it gives you uh, the daughter who had fever and febrile convulsions caused by an allergic defect in the flu vac shot she was given April 2010. She suffered hypoxia to the brain, like oxygen, and was left in a quadriplegic and, uh, state with epilepsy and limited vision. I'll put that up too for those that keep saying that vaccines are perfectly safe. All the experts say so, uh, and because they all work for big pharma, that makes an awful killing, literally, off all of this stuff. Also, for global warming, as I say, you understand the whole global warming, the green agenda, is just a whole old left wing to get money off everybody and to, to give it to the poor across the world. It doesn't go to the poor, it goes to international corporations, which set up across these different countries across the world with your money. And it makes the richer richer, of course. But it's a planned society and all that stuff falls under it too. In other words, they've got to have got a reason to unite humanity under a common threat, like the Club of Rome said. And they hit on idea of global warming, drought, famine, and the right like would fit the bill. That's what they said. Those are the words that they said. And it says, for the first time since records began in Arkansas, it snowed in May. I'll put that one up tonight, too, for all the global warming enthusiasts. And also, this other article, too, is from the CG once again. It's Global Conference 2013, Building a Global Community to Drive Social Change. It's quite interesting. It says, this is by a bunch of uh, different game members or manufacturers. And it's, uh, it's called this, the, art, the, the characters involved, founder and CEO, Freshware and so on, co-president games for exchange, uh, Goldhish, uh, co-founder and CEO, uh, Alden Stoner, vice president of social action and film campaigns, and so on. Uh, so you've got film directors and everything involved in this. It says, politicians, philanthropists, activists and marketers are using film, social media, and gaming to build communities, sometimes literally overnight. In other words, you're giving out your, all your opinions. With the aid of technology, they're, they're telling stories to communicate complex ideas and encouraging a worldwide audience to take action to solve pressing problems. Harnessing the power, popularity, and profitability of these tools for social good, they, they decide what social good is, which is enriching themselves, educates users while raising funds and awareness globally. New media is connecting people with shared interests in inventive ways, activating even small groups to take on big challenges, often engaging celebrities. They always get celebrities on boards uh, to, to raise the profile of a cause and give voices to the voiceless. Our panel will discuss the newest ways to make the broadest impact. And I'll put this article up tonight. There's lots of links to it, too, of all the participating companies that are involved in it. And it's quite a list indeed. That's how you get your opinions given to you for someone else's agenda. And I mentioned last week too, uh, to be touching again, that the Her Majesty's Revenue Collection Agency let Goldman Sachs off the tax hook to avoid major embarrassment for George Osborne, one of the big politicians here in charge. Of, he was in charge of the Treasury for a while. And they let, they let uh, them off with an awful lot of money, an awful lot of money. It's just it's astonishing. They waived £20 million that Goldman Sachs owned, owed them, and actually more than that too. But uh, the big boys get off with it too. They've got friends in high places, eh? And also Gore, uh, Romney Rich, says, with $200 million after Bush defeats. 
It says in 1999, Al Gore, then U.S. vice president, Democratic candidate for president, sold $6,000 worth of cows. That's where he got his biggest profit from back in 1999. The former senator who spent most of his working life in Congress, if you call that work, he's a hard neck for doing that, eh? had a net worth of about $1.7 million and assets included pasture rents from a family farm and royalties from a zinc mine, remnants of his rural roots in Carthage, Tennessee. Funds from, from, funds from the cattle sales went to three of his children, according to federal disclosure forms. Fourteen years later, he made an estimated $100 million in a single month. Now, you see, that's a poor guy makes good, you understand? That's, you can do that in America if you belong to the right people and you belong to the right groups and you've got the right connections. A hundred million dollars in a single month. Eh? See? In January, the current TV network, which he helped to start in 2004, was sold to Qatari-owned Al Jazeera's satellite network for about $500 million. After debt, he crossed an estimated $70 million for his 20% stake, according to the people familiar with the transaction. Two weeks later, Gore exercised options at 7.40 a share on 59,000 shares of Apple Inc. stock that he'd been, uh, grant, that he'd been granted <laughs> for serving on the Cupertino, California-based company's board since 2003. On paper, it was about a $30 million payday based on the company's share price of the day. He claimed the options. That's pretty good uh, January for a guy who couldn't yet call himself a multimillionaire when he briefly slipped from a public life after his bitterly contested president election loss to George W. Bush in late 2000. And it says Gore isn't finished exercising his Apple stock grants. Those 59,000 are part of 101,358 Apple options and shares of restricted stock Gore has amassed account of company's findings, giving his total holdings a gross value of more than $45.6 million today. Not bad, eh? Not bad. And as, as this guy tries to spread the wealth, you know, uh, across the world, redistribution of wealth, that's your wealth, that is. He's a good communist at the top, at heart, really, you see. And communists are really awfully, awfully wealthy, the guys who lead it. They always have been, mind you. Awfully wealthy. But they'd like you to take your wealth and spread it across the world. Redistribution of wealth. That's what they call it. And mind you, a lot of it is channeled to themselves in their own pockets too, on the way there. Also, IBM says Justice Department is probing bribery allegations. The great guys have got the clouds and they're now in charge of whole countries, uh, governments, datas. I mean, can you imagine the power of this? Do you think it's happening by itself? Do you understand the ramifications of all of this, like governments are so thick and stupid that they just give this private company all of their data, all their internal transmissions, all that kind of stuff. Come on, come on, come on. The government is down on the totem pole of what runs the world. Do you understand that? Government's down there, folks. It's not up there. So International Business Machines Corps is being probed by the U.S. Justice Department over corruption allegations in Poland, Argentina, Bangladesh and Ukraine, adding to bribery charges from the Securities and Exchange Commission. The Justice Department is investigating whether IBM violated the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, the company said in an April 30 filing. As is in Poland, the department is focusing on a transaction that the Polish Central Anti-Corruption Bureau already was studying, the company said. It involves allegations of a former IBM employee selling to the Polish government. 
The Justice Department probe adds scrutiny to new territory as IBM tries to settle with the SEC over activity in China and South Korea. The global reach of the investigation indicates that this isn't an isolated matter, says Charles Elson, a corporate governor, professor, governance professor at the University of Delaware. If it happens in one country, you, you can say it's an individual. If it happens in multiple, you have to ask, is it systemic? And how well was the compliance program put in to prevent it? Well, the whole point, as I say, is it was like Monsanto. Not one court in, in Canada and in the States and elsewhere would, would charge Monsanto for any crime at all. For years and years and years, any farmer caught with one or two little uh, of their GM plants on his land were blown on by the wind, pooped by a bird. That was, I came out actually in the Canadian trial. I don't, the judge said, I don't care if a bird pooped on your land. He says, it's, it's on your property. You have stolen property. Uh, and they were, everybody backed Monsanto. To the, in other words, everybody at the high level was told to give to let Monsanto have a straight run right through everything. Same with IBM. And no one asks, how come this happens? How come all governments open up, let them do the smart grid across the world and all the rest of it? It's going to affect all your lives, smart meters, the whole lot's all involved in it. And it just happened. Well, see, I said governments low down on, on the totem pole, folks. It's time you learned that. Government really is there to make you think that you have democracies. That's what it's for. And rubber stamp the laws are told to rubber stamp by the guys who draft them, which who are not in government. I'm not kidding about that. Also, it says Jobbik rally against World Jewish Congress in Budapest. Normally, they have the Jewish Congress in Israel, but they're having a protest meeting, and, and, and so it's having a so there's folk in Budapest actually protesting the meeting. <laughs> But it says several hundred supporters took part despite attempts by the government to prevent it going ahead. Jobbik said the rally was a protest against what it said was a Jewish attempt to buy up Hungary. I'll put that up tonight too. And uh, it's from the BBC. Also, it says, um, <laughs> the US may charge J.P. Morgan for power market manipulation, said the analysts. And it says that... Uh, Regulator of U.S. power markets appears likely to pursue manipulation of charges against J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. After a New York Times report on the agency's document that seemed to lay out this case, Times said Friday it reviewed a confidential 70-page government document that the U.S. Federal Energy Regulatory Commission sent to J.P. Morgan in March, which alleged the bank manipulated the power market in California and Michigan in 2010 and 2011. FERC investigators found J.P. Morgan devised manipulative schemes that transformed money-losing power plants into powerful profit centers. The Times reported citing the document and said the bank has until mid-May to respond. It's been clear since last summer that the FERC was pursuing a deep inquiry on J.P. Morgan's trading activities, the latest in a string of FERC investigations that rattled the U.S. power market and, in the case of rival bank Barclays PLC, uh, concluded with $470 million in proposed penalties. FERC has not moved to publicly charge J.P. Morgan, but experts says it now seems likely. Everything at the top is corruption. Well, it's corruption to us at the bottom. Now, massive fines are, 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 are called uh, uh, business costs to these boys at the top because, you see, they are corrupt. You understand, those at the top are brought up in a different lifestyle and a different mental set than, than you'd ever imagine. They really are. They're given real history and how harsh real history really is. Winners and losers. Winners and losers. That's what's drummed into them from childhood, you know, growing up in these families. 
And they have no problem uh, doing this kind of stuff here. Nothing, nothing at all. They don't sit back in, with hesitation to do with uh, with uh, indoctrinated conscience. They don't have any of that thing. It's only you that gets indoctrinated with different consciences with political correctness. Don't say this. Don't say that. Don't think that. Don't whatever. You know, that's how it is. Because they have us trained, you see, to, to, to look at things that way. A different way from themselves. Very simple. Also, a court bars uh, high IQ for policemen, it says here. A man who's bid to become a police officer was rejected after he scored too high on an intelligence test and lost an appeal in his federal lawsuit against the city. The second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New York upheld the lower court's decision that the city did not discriminate against Robert Jordan because the same standards of low IQ were applied to everyone who took the test. It says this kind of puts an official face on discrimination in America against people of a certain class, Jordan said today from his Waterford home. I maintain you have no more control over your basic intelligence than your eye color or your gender or anything else. And he said he doesn't plan to take any further action. So anyway, he was a a college graduate, took the exam 96 and scored, scored 33 points, equivalent of an IQ of 125, which isn't great. It's but, but new London, London police interviewed only candidates who scored 20 to 27 on the theory that those who scored too high could get bored with police work and leave soon after undergoing costly training. So there you go. They don't want high IQ with the police. And actually they don't. That's been official, made official before. And Britain has been racked with scandals with all the, the well, it's nothing new of course, with the boys at the top who, who have got strange uh, particular um, fascinations with little boys and things and stuff like that. Uh, and yet the Jimmy Savile scandal has been trying to hush up yet and get all the old geezers, guys in their 80s are resting around and go for the ones that are still at it, you know. Because they always throw a few people to the wolves, you see, which is of course what they call us, the wolves. But they don't go after the big boys. But anyway, the Tory member of Parliament, Nigel Evans, is bailed out because he's charged with raping two other boys. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix And on now to law But law really is coercion It's called coercion And coercion is really the threat of force You see, if you don't comply And then it's followed up by force If you, if you, if you stay put Most folk comply, you see, by coercion You're scared of coercion And and you can be But you can put in a pen if you want Or a prison camp through coercion You know, Go there or, or else And most folk will go You'll find that's how it will happen You know. But it says Should unvaccinated children be banned from childcare This is from Australia And so it says Childcare centres should have the right to ban Unvaccinated children from childcare centres And preschools under a proposed No jab, no play policy So they're, they're doing this across the world Of course Because the United Nations World Health Organisation Runs all these things And they've got every... Uh, country agreement agreeing to push all this and now every government has set up special agencies within their governments to promote all this and track down children who haven't had certain uh, whether 50 jabs or something they get now followed up by this it says number of disabled children soars by 16% in just 10 years <laughs> and experts believe autism is to blame I wonder why that's happening eh 
I wonder why. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to you, you think. And Obama, too, preparing to send lethal weaponry to the Syrian opposition. That's the rebels and Al-Qaeda. They know they're the, our worst enemies. are good friends. You know, that's, that's how they are. And it's taking steps to assert more aggressive U.S. leadership amongst allies and partners seeking out the ouster of President Bashar al-Assad. That all, are all outside agencies, especially Israel, because <laughs> it's on their list. It has been for the last 15 years. And also, it says... Um, Daniel Kessler, the coming Obamacare shock, it says from the Wall Street Journal. I'll put that up tonight, too. It's worth having a little peruse at that to see how it's going to affect people. And and also um, an article from the Haaretz Daily newspaper, President Barack Obama on Thursday will nominate Mike Froman and Penny Pritzker for the last two vacant cabinet slots on his economic team, turning to a, to a law school classmate who was already one of the chief advisors and a billionaire businesswoman who helped him put, helped put him in the White House. So that's how you pay off your friends. You think all these the money that you're giving to these characters is because they, they dislike your party? No, this it, is payoff time, folks. It's the same in every government. We're run by corruption, you know. It's open, isn't it? It's open. You scratch my back and I scratch yours, you know. And also, Pat Buchanan says, Amnesty in the path to citizenship leads to erasure of southern border of the U.S. Not a bad article. It's worth reading through. Whether you like him or not, the fact is, truth is truth. And, of course, that's part of the reason for it, because Jack Satali, United Nations, said this years ago in, in a couple of his books, um, Winners and Losers in the Coming New World Order, it's called Millennium, and he talked about the eradication of the borders with Mexico especially, and lots from all of Latin America will come up through into the U.S., and that was the agenda. He said, eventually will be a Spanish-speaking country. Uh, that's on the cards, according to the United Nations. That's what they want. So that, it will be that way. And Singapore will replace Switzerland as a wealth capital of the world for all the, the holdouts for the big, big wealthy folk. He says, thanks part to his generous tax regime. It's a millionaire haven already, but the new report says a tiny island state may soon overtake Switzerland as the world's largest offshore wealth hub. As for any new multi-billionaires out there listening to this show, and that's a joke, folks. From Hamish Monsieur from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>